Welcome to the Bamba and Tim podcast. I'm here with Nathan. Nathan, how are you? Good. That's fantastic. And so now we're going to talk about what we teased in the last one, which was Oppenheimer and Utopia, which are two things that me and Nathan have both uh, had our fingers on the pulse of that or whatever. Uh, but Oppenheimer we watched last week, and I think that Nathan thought that it was better than I did. I thought it was still really good. So. But I Nathan so. afterwards, Nathan afterwards was like he he was down there on his knees sucking Christopher Nolan's <laughs> cock and Oppenheimer's cock, and was saying this is the greatest thing that's ever been invented of all time. He's like, you know what? This actually was a better movie than the creation of the atomic bomb. He's like, if we could have had the atomic bomb or Oppenheimer, I would opt. If Oppenheimer had to be a fiction where it didn't actually happen and and half a million people died invading Japan, I would rather have had Oppenheimer, the movie. Uh, so that's what Nathan was saying after. Um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, but what what did you think of the movie? I loved it. I mean, I definitely think I liked it. So basically, we want a double date. Um, me, so we haven't had one of those in a while too. That was we nice. Had, that was nice. Um, I feel like I liked it more than anyone else in the group. I feel like I was singing its praises, and the other everyone else in the group liked it. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like I was a little. I like loved it, and you guys liked it. That's kind of how it felt. Yeah. It was like you, Emily, and So for like that was good, and I was like that was amazing. Because I was like, so here, so one thing that I noticed was Tim was like, they could have cut that whole last hour. And I said, I love that whole last, like that movie could have kept going for me. Like I wanted to keep going. Well, not that I said but, they would cut it. Not that it wasn't good. Like the whole entire yeah. thing was very entertaining and it told the story and I understand why they had the last hour, but it, and spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. We're not going to do that. So, <laughs> um, but, and so the, the whole when he gave the speech that moment was the climax of the entire movie and everything after that felt like a drag because of the bomb went off the speech and the tone was set and every story storyline that happened after that was a, a nothing brick there was literally everything fizzled out there was no interesting moment after that they built up all these moments happening and they all either didn't lead anywhere or just like fizzled out where it was like, oh, this guy got embarrassed. Who gives a fuck? They could have ended it with like an amazing speech slash introspective moment of terror. And it was like the perfect moment with the music and everything. And it just could have just been like credits, two hour and 15 minute movie. But, you yeah. know, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan, you know, that guy went fucking crazy on this movie because I already know, like, it's going to come out in, like, a few weeks that this guy had, like, nine hours of footage. This this thing was a nine-hour movie cut into a three-hour movie. It's, like, it was the most fast-paced movie I think I've ever seen with, like, not that much going on. Like, <laughs> there was not that much going on. This guy probably shot, like, like probably, like, a thousand scenes. Like, there was probably a thousand scenes in the movie. And, like... I could probably sum up the entire movie into a Wikipedia article. Like, it's not that hard to tell the story. Like, they added in every single... If, if fucking Oppenheimer went to the bathroom and jerked off before coming up with an invention of the atomic bomb, that thing was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, you did not need to hear about every single fucking thing. So, it was, it was a weird... Uh, it, it was a weird information overload. I feel like if Oppenheimer watched this movie, he'd be like, God damn, I made the atomic bomb, okay? You didn't need to tell my entire goddamn life story every second of it. Like... It was it was a little too much, Christopher Nolan. I just gotta say that a little too much. You know, it was uh, 
Mans went really crazy on this film, I will say. Dude, like every single like I'm not even exaggerating, like five seconds, it was a new scene cut. It was like five seconds of dialogue, cut, new scene. Five seconds of dialogue, cut, new scene. Like it was the most cuts I've ever seen in a film. Like you were just sitting there and it was like a It felt like a montage. It was a trailer. Yeah, it was a trailer. I, I, I will be honest. When I so the movie just throws you in head first. So there's no like actually if, if anything, it kind of teases you. So the movie opens with beautiful this, fire. It was one of the most amazing. Oh man, like what a great opening, right? Like this line from like Prometheus or whatever. It was amazing. I love the intro. Well, and you think it's gonna be the slow, dramatic, beautiful movie? Nope. It just throws you right into the water. You're just thrown to the deep end, and just like the first ten minutes, like my head was spinning. I was like, "What the heck is this?" Like cut 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 and you're waiting for yeah. it to end because normally in movies they do that cut stuff and then and then there's like a long scene after where you're like and then the characters you get are to talking breathe. You, you get, get to, breathe. to like breathe you get to like yeah, process that, that, that scene never came it was like that the whole movie it was a trailer it, the whole entire movie was a trailer it that's it's just straight up that's what it was it was and then i think there was actually a moment where the movie slowed down during the climax from the testing of the atomic bomb well sorry well, it, it was, actually it was the explosion was really the well yeah i feel like it was the only time the movie slowed down right it actually i think it started slowing down when they had that one pretty long scene where they were contemplating in the invasion of japan and as soon as they started contemplating launching the atomic bomb to the testing it was it slowed down and it, and then it got really slow during the testing of the atomic bomb and then the speech after that whole section of the movie was brilliant. I think that whole section, if the entire movie was shot like that in that section, it would have skyrocketed up for me because it was just beautifully shot. The pacing was amazing. It was intense. It you could you could really feel it. And then the two other sections of the movie, the beginning and the end, were both trailers. They both were just straight up like okay now we're in this location we're making the atomic bomb oh what about this thing we didn't consider oh and then this location it was like a crazy mind fuck where it's just like and nothing was really happening like there was not that much happening like uh it wasn't yeah i feel like this is where like me and tim kind of disagree because for me like i said you throw get thrown to the deep end beginning oppenheimer it's like 10 minutes you're like what the heck they've thrown like so much information at you you don't understand anything that's going on but then your brain like just like kind of adjusts to it and i feel like once my brain adjusted to it i really really liked it i was like this is very unique this is i've I've never seen a movie like this where it's a biopic a historical biopic with these like crescendoing symphonies around you and this this really interesting style of editing that like obviously takes a while to adjust to yeah kind of reminded me of everything everywhere all once a little bit yeah that's yeah. um yeah, that's just, but it was very much like and then once you got once your brain adjusted to it kind of like tenet it's like oh like this is really good and i feel like it made the movie so unique and creative for me and I really, really liked it. I was because yeah. I've never really seen a movie like that. That was, was like, the most unique thing is that they played a lot with time in it too, where it, a lot of it was actually happening when they were older, and so like you saw a lot where it was jumping to a trial that was happening post. Yeah, I think the black and white the was the future instead of yeah, the past. Yeah, so that's one thing in the movie. But it was cool. I feel like honestly, like it was weird at first. Like with the first ten minutes, I was like, "What the heck?" But I'm not gonna lie. I was already geeking out those first ten minutes. I kept leaning over to Sophie, being like, "This is amazing! This is amazing!" <laughs> I remember being like 
step one like fission or something like that i was like oh this is so cool so i honestly feel like for me right like a lot of my favorite movies in the past have been historical dramas that are just all talking and i love those kind of movies like such a i'm such a sucker for like historical like dramas like i just love like history so oppenheimer combined history and then music which i love the love movie soundtracks that are really just like compelling and Oppenheimer's soundtrack was phenomenal. I know a lot of people like. I guess I was reading on Reddit. They complain about like the mixing and stuff because it's like, oh, I yeah, can't hear the dialogue. Don't like, don't, apparently, that's yeah. apparently, a Christopher Nolan complaint. I didn't really. Yeah. I I also loved the. I, the music. I liked it. I loved it. I was like, I thought it was great. I feel like even in the parts where you kind of couldn't hear them talking, the music to me felt like you're inside Oppenheimer's brain. Like mm. you're like this dude is like so genius that like he's not even really here in the real world that's what it felt like to me is like mm-hmm. this dude's like arranging a beethoven symphony of science in his head that's what it felt like and so i really really liked it i thought it was like so well done like so creative it's not just a copy paste of every other like biopic we've seen in the past but really went about it and so like it really flipped on its head because with historical dramas that i've seen in the past they've always been like slow lots of like pauses of silence with no music so a lot of like like these long shots and a lot of talking and um it's going very very slow which hey i i love those kind of movies so i have no complaints and there's a lot of beautiful movies shot in that way but for christopher nolan to just he almost went about and like he took all this experience from like tenet and like inception and like interstellar and he just like threw it all into one movie about history Mm. And you can just see the Christopher Nolan take on it where it's like, yeah, we're going to flip it all on its head. We're going to add a ton of music. We're going to make it really fast. And we're going to make the black and white scenes the future instead of the past. And I thought it was so creative and it sounds crazy when like you first kind of think about it. But then once you watch it, it comes together so great. I really liked it. I don't think anyone... But Christopher Nolan could have pulled this kind of thing. All right, off. here's good cop, bad cop moment. Yeah. So now here's so I think that like I want to preface it by saying like I still think it was a really great movie, and I think that it still did a great job. And for three hours, it did not feel like three hours because obviously they were just like slapping you in the dick with a thousand scenes, uh, right back to back to back. But my take on it was that Christopher Nolan just got too in his head about like trying to make it super fucking artsy and shit. And he had a lot of really great concepts that he just did not execute well, in my opinion. And I, but I do think that everything you're saying, the music, that middle scene that he nailed, that whole entire middle section of the movie, the like, explosion itself was really good. Yeah, I love that the, scene. And yeah. I like, I also kind of like liked how it focused on Oppenheimer, where it wasn't focused on like Japan. You know what I mean? It, the focus was not on the bomb on Japan. The focus was on Oppenheimer the entire movie, which. Uh, which I thought was interesting. I kind of like in a, in my head. I wish that they had that that, that like super high budget explosion in Japan where you could really like because I don't think they've made like a super cool like rendition of that. So I was kind of hoping for that, but I like how they did it. They did it really well, um, and they really made you. But but what what I think happened is that Christopher Nolan was Christopher Nolan. He went out there and he shot like like a thousand scenes like this guy shot like so many fucking scenes he had this nine hours of footage that's why i think nine hours of completed footage this is my guess and then he sat down in the editing room and it was like 
let's make this as artsy as fucking possible. And just like, was like, what if the black and white, blah, blah. And he just overdid it. I just think it was just completely overdone. Like they were like, oh, what if the future had like the black and white and then it like, it like catches up and then like it goes back into color and then there's another black and white and then it goes here and then it's over here. And then it just became this like chaotic mess in my opinion where um, it's hard to follow along during the movie. You barely understand what's happening. Like you probably understand like a third of everything going on. It's, extremely fast paced doesn't give it a chance to breathe until that middle section which they nail i really have like they nailed it in that middle section if they just did that the entire movie it had its fast parts it had its moments and it let it breathe i think it would have been so much better i think they had really good ideas they just had way too much footage and they just kind of overdid it because the thing about like christopher nolan's films like the past one that ones that he's done like I, he just he just became like an exaggerated version of himself. I feel like because everything that they liked about like we like about Christopher Nolan, like that whole entire interstellar back in time traveling moment where he's seeing his daughter through the strings, like that's like one of the best like my one of my favorite moments in film in any movie was like how that was shot and the pacing of that and how fast paced it was and how he was drifting through time and it was like it was like almost like that like twenty minutes of Interstellar. And then he just was like, let's do that for like two thirds of this movie. And then also make it like, and he was playing around with time too, but he did it in such a worse way than interstellar interstellar. It was like so beautifully shot and it was so, um, you were following the perspective and it was, you were traveling through time through like this anchor of like this person with like this beautiful, like, uh, scenery around him. And you really felt for him. Like he was missing his entire daughter's life. And then the climax when, uh, he's in bed and his daughter's an old person and he's there. It was like just the most beautiful sequence and, uh, and climax and such a much more compelling story. And it almost was like the historicalness of this didn't allow him to get there. And so he tried to like force it. I feel like through all these weird things, he tried making it interesting, not because it was beautifully shot, not because it was a really interesting story in some because most of the, most of Oppenheimer's story was not very interesting to be honest. Like, you know, he had to do something to make it more interesting than it was, and I just think that he overdid it again. I'm still like saying this is like a seven point five eight out of ten movie, like really good movie. Like I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm having to poke at Nathan here a little bit because he's he thinks this is the second coming of Christ here. <laughs> so I have to. Uh, it's really good, man. I I don't know. I feel like. I, I will say, I will say, I said when it when it finished, I knew this movie is definitely not for everyone. Like mm. I immediately knew I was like, oh yeah, this thing's going a nine out of ten on IMDb from a certain crowd. Mm-mm. Like there's going to be a lot of people going into this movie and are going to come out disappointed. Like they're looking yeah. for explosions and you know fighting and stuff like that. Which like obviously there are movies about the atomic bomb that probably show those things, but. What you're getting instead is really three hours of dialogue and one explosion. Mm. That's really it's the most action-packed part of the movie is the one explosion. So I definitely felt like it's not for everyone. I feel like I'm very biased because, you know, I love those little details and I already like movies that, like, on, I think, IMDb aren't even rated that good, but it's just a history movie with them talking. And so for them, for Christopher Nolan to kind of put his own spin on it, to take what is already like a lot of movies I'm so used to being slow and just talking and for him to add his spin on it, it was really, really yeah. cool. Cause it's almost like 
it's almost like you listen to like rock music and then your favorite like EDM artist is like, I'm going to come in here and make my own like rock song, but with an EDM spin on it. And he's like a legendary EDM dude. So, you know, he's not going to mess it up because it's not like, you know, like logic or something trying to do that. Mm. And you're just like impressed because you're so used to listening like the same kind of rock music. And then some dude comes in with like his EDM kind of history and he makes this hybrid EDM rock project. And that's kind of how it felt with like Christopher Nolan kind of stepping into from as far as I know, he's never made like one of these kind of movies like with like a history, like biopic. That's like really unique in terms of his catalog. I don't think he's ever made one like that. So, um, yeah, I thought it was cool, like in that sense where I'm like, I'm watching a movie that I would normally watch that Christopher Nolan has nothing to do with, but it's by Christopher Nolan. And so yeah. it was really, really cool. And I don't disagree with a lot of your points. I feel like if I wasn't me, like if I wasn't biased the way I am toward this kind of genre of films, like I would totally like get love what you're saying. Cause it's like, it was very fast. There was a lot of information. There were a lot of events, characters, things that he was, but, but it's just like, I don't know. There was also, there yeah. was also, but you have to admit there was a lot of storylines that they spent a lot of time on that went absolutely nowhere. Like there was so many things that just like the whole bad guy Robert Downey, Downey Jr. twist. Like that was like the most underwhelming, boring, unimportant thing in the entire movie. Like who cared about that? Like I don't know. Yeah. And it was like I mean I like that, but I feel like maybe and, I'm and weird. Then, and then they know? had the whole they had like again like he went really artsy with it where they had the whole black and white future where he's being on trial, but then the climax of that was that nothing happened you know what i mean it was like so it had all of these storylines which i understand it's historically accurate you know what i mean it's not like it's not like it has to be uh it's not it's not like it was um it, he could have really done much with the storyline per se but if you're gonna hype it up the entire movie as a black and white future like you're going to you you gotta make it go somewhere you know what i mean you can't just make it just be oh and then nothing happened to him and then like the people who you thought were on his side were on his side. And maybe there was like a slight person who slightly deviated and kind of went a little bit against Oppenheimer in the interrogation. Wow. Oh my God. He made a slight comment saying that Oppenheimer might have a little bit of responsibility when it comes to the aftermath of the atomic. Like it was like the most like nothing burger in my opinion ever. And so it was like, in a sense, I, I just think that people are overhyping it because it was a Christopher Nolan artsy as fuck movie. Like that's what I think is that it was really artsy. It was really yeah. in there, but but in a sense where it's like, I think a perfect comparison is the Imitation Game. That the one about the uh, world. It's the same premise. World War Two genius person inventing some, something that helped us win the war. Literally the same exact premise, but it was shot very normally. You know what I mean? Not very artsy. And I think that one was really fast paced and you actually understood what the fuck was going on. And it was in the, in the climax was great. I think that, um, I think that I liked Christopher Nolan's artsy approach too, but I feel like if it was just like in between imitation game and Oppenheimer is like the perfect blend, you know what I mean? And I think that Oppenheimer was like an extreme exaggeration in the artsy world. And then imitation game was a more like how you'd expect it to be shot. Um, and I think that probably somewhere in the middle is where the, the, my preference would lie between the two. Um, but yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's a, it was yeah. definitely a very interesting, it was very interesting movie and I do appreciate it. Like, I'm so glad I watched it and 
I appreciate that he didn't try to just make like another imitation game, Oppenheimer kind of uh, similar shot where uh, you're doing that. But so I, I definitely don't think it was. I think I'm just. I think I'm just being a boon to you. You know what I mean? Where it's just just because you're really like it. I'm just trying to like. I'm don't. I don't hate it. You know. But uh, I just have wanted to. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it really just depends on how you feel about Christopher Nolan putting his spin on it. Dude, Interstellar can, and, yeah. and Dark Knight, those two are S-tier movies, like top 10 movies all time. Are you, do you put Oppenheimer in that same category with those movies? Oh, man. Um, I do like the Dark Knight. I think I think the Dark Knight's... I do. I don't know, man. It's like my gut says I like Dark Knight more, I think, right. than Oppenheimer. Dark Knight's really good. Dude, but, uh, Dark Knight I, and Interstellar, I will say this, they literally have every single scene is like a banger. Like, top scene. You know what I mean? Like, every single one of those scenes you could pull out and it's like, this is an iconic scene. But like, yeah. the imitation game only really has like three scenes that are iconic. The rest is just a mindfuck trailer, you know? There's like three iconic scenes in the entire movie. Interstellar and Dark Knight, like, you know the opening to the Dark Knight. You yeah. know the climax. Yeah, you, yeah. you know the boat scene where they bolt the prisoners on the boat. You know when Batman's hanging and the Joker's got him. And you know what I mean? There's so many. You can pull out any moment of that movie and it's iconic. And same thing with Interstellar. You know the moment when they come back from that planet and 40 years have passed and he talks to that guy. You know the moment he's flying through the black hole. And you know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't, I didn't get this. It's, I don't think I it's think on the same level. It's it's so hard because all three of those are such different movies, and I don't know, man. I feel like it's like the thing about Oppenheimer is I just I'm just he just like tugged at all a lot of the right strings for me. Mm. You know, like man, these history movies, dude. Like especially like war movies and stuff. Like I love like I have a soft spot for it, man. I I like so it's. What like, are your top like like uh, history slash war movies like? Um, would you say that are like next to Oppenheimer? Oh, That's a really good question. I have to think about that one. But I think I, well, I really like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I've that's iconic. That, and yeah. I've seen that one like seven times or something like crazy like that. Um, man, there's a lot. I, what about like, like I love Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know if you saw that one. I did like Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw yeah, Ridge that one's was super good. good. I'm trying to think of like, there's oh, not really man. any, but that's the thing too. That's, I do like his spin. There's no real movie I've seen. Right. That's, that's like, like that's like that. Yeah. There's no real movie yeah. like that. I actually really liked, um, is it 1912 or whatever? The one. Oh, 1917. 1917. I haven't seen that yet. I, you're the one, one who really, really recommended me to watch. Yeah, it. I, I did like see that one. one. I like that one. It's all one shot, right? It's like, it's, the, it's like the opposite of Oppenheimer. It's the opposite of Oppenheimer. <laughs> it's literally the opposite of Oppenheimer. So I want to see that too. I feel like that. That one was yeah. really good. Yeah. I don't know. There's. And there's like certain ones like, um, like that are slower that I've seen, like the King's Speech, um, Lincoln, like those are like a little bit slower, but I really like them. But I don't know. I'd have to like really think back because I've seen a lot of them. But yeah, whereas Oppenheimer is just so different. Yeah. It's so different than like than all of them. So I feel like as a story perspective, though, like the imitation game and Oppenheimer are like he could have made a movie like identical to the uh, he could have imitation game. He could yeah. have like the stories are like the same. Yeah, I will say I mean? that's where the artsy, the artsy kind of pretentious part of him probably kind of took over, and he's like, yeah. we're not going to be like everyone else. We're going to do it my way. Yeah. I don't even know imitation what imitation game like same exact storyline as yeah Oppenheimer. imitation games and it's, it's 
but i feel like the imitation game is also a lot tamer like honestly like now like when you really put the two together oppenheimer is just so much more intense oh, like yeah. it's yeah. so like i don't know if you felt this way but it's like there are moments in that film where like the the tension was just so like it was insane there was so much tension like just from like nothing going on if that makes sense like he was able to build that yeah i would like you know yeah i would say the attention in oppenheimer though was like it's not it's it's like because for me my favorite kind of tension in a movie is like breaking bad you know what i mean where they let it breathe like that's my favorite Mm. tension and every time there was a moment of tension in oppenheimer it was just cut 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 you know what i mean like they never you never had a chance to just breathe in the weight of oppenheimer except for the speech that was the only moment he let the tension breathe was when he was giving the speech other than that there really was no other moment where something would happen and you would be able to like see oppenheimer's reaction like he almost didn't even let oppenheimer react to anything in the entire movie it just was happening to him and then he was in a different location you know it was like i and so in, in that sense i feel like almost the imitation game did a better thing of like show because when i was watching into uh the into why do i keep like saying it wrong but when i was watching that movie um when he's building that computer and it's not working and he's like going crazy in his mind and he's like shutting everyone out like you really feel for him. You know what I mean? And you're like, fuck, this dude is like some mad scientist that's like pushing yeah. everyone out of his life and like doesn't want to work with anyone and you see why and you're with him. But there was very few moments in Oppenheimer where I felt like I was really like sympathizing and with Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Where it really felt like you were just, he was like, he never really showed emotion the entire movie. Like around well, him was emotional. I don't know. I guess I had a different take because it really felt like to me when i was watching a movie and i when i finished it it really felt like oppenheimer was a very like almost tortured man mm. like that's that's the vibe i got after the movie it was like man this dude's like messed up like he has a lot of things going on in his life that are really not great but oppenheimer never like cried during the movie he never was sad during the movie it was like always around him he didn't but i think it's because the movie did a good job at showing that he's like his mind is just like in a different planet than like a lot of people and not not just in a way that's smarter but in a way that he's literally like not grounded to a lot of like he's like the opposite he's like definitely book smart and like super not street smart like this dude like you couldn't tell if he was like a genius or like super naive with a lot of his tactics he clearly had issues with being like a husband and a father like this dude clearly did not know what he was doing in those areas and I don't know. It was just very like, I felt like you really got to understand this dude's mind. Like it did a good job at portraying like his mind where it's like, you're seeing him. Like I love the montages. until like, you see him looking at like the atom and it's like pulling it apart and you see the little stars he's looking at. And he's just like, not even thinking he's like, he's just like in a totally different world. And I thought it did a good job doing that, but it definitely did a good job. You know, that. I it definitely did yeah, a good job it's, with that. It's interesting though. I do see what you're saying where it's like the guy didn't show a lot of emotion, but maybe that's just because that's how he is. Well, and one of the huge things that was driven through from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie was like a through point was that like his wife and like the people around him were pissed off because he never stood up for himself. It was like constantly throughout the movie. The wife was like, 
Why didn't you say anything to him? You shook his hand. Why'd you let him do that to you? What are you doing? Stand up for yourself. And then she didn't shake his hand when they were at the party. It was like a callback to that. It was a huge through point of the entire movie was like Oppenheimer never stands up for himself. And at the end of the movie, I was really looking forward to the scene where he was just going to be like, fuck you, you fuck, you know what I mean? Or something just like where he just mm. goes off at someone and it could have just been such a power, even if it didn't happen, I understand it might, it probably didn't happen. It probably was how that dude was. So there's an argument for that. But like, it just seemed like the entire movie was just building up to that, like that, like scene where he just like goes off or like, and then just like, maybe like breaks down crying and you're just like with him and you're like, fuck, I really feel the weight of this guy, you know? And that was just like, it didn't go anywhere. Like that was just like, oh, he never stood up for himself. It was like there yeah. was like six different yeah. times in the movie where they were like Oppenheimer, stand up for yourself. Oppenheimer, stand up for yourself. And he just got walked on the rest of the movie and like it never went anywhere. So it was just like yeah, I felt like for me though, it felt like the way that you saw the climax of that was like you starting to realize like he was kind of a masochist where he he didn't he almost felt like he deserved to be like yelled at because mm -hmm. he couldn't even forgive himself for making the bomb. So that's kind of how I took it was like, yeah, I you, you know, like he was kind of just a tortured soul. Like this dude's like, this dude is like so ashamed of what he made or so like torn up about it that everyone beating him up. It's like there, there's that scene in the movie where it's like, uh, like you think being like, I guess like a martyr for this is going to like help you forgive yourself. Like it won't like they're still not going to forgive you, you know? And you could just tell that there was a point in time where he, was motivated to make the bomb for just causes because he didn't want the Nazis to make it. But then when he made it, he was like, shoot, like, I, what I do? And then he became an advocate for not making any more. Yeah. And he even had the moment, but like he even had that moment where he met with the president at the time, Truman, right? And yeah. then um, he met with him, and Truman was basically like, <laughs> no one's going to think you made that. I did that. I sent the bomb out. You're just a little puny, tiny bitch boy that made the bomb for me. And go back out here, loser. And he literally said that to his face. And I was waiting for Oppenheimer to storm back in and be like, fuck you, you fucking, you know what I mean? Just like show some yeah. emotion. But it was yeah. like, no, he just was a punching bag the rest <laughs> of the movie. He just turned into a complete punching bag. In the trial, he was a punching bag. His friends backstabbed him. He still shook his hand. Like this guy was a complete like, just got walked on for the rest of the movie. And like, <laughs> yeah. and the entire movie was like, stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself. And then dude, imagine this. Imagine if he like had a moment of like, all, like it like pent up that anger throughout the entire thing of people walking over him. And then he has some moment where he just starts yelling at someone. And then as he's yelling at them, it just flashes between him yelling and then like the atomic bomb fire. And it went just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he just starts bawling and crying. And then, just something like that. Give me something. You know what I mean? It was like, it, he could have gone even more. Actually, there is one time he cried, right? Remember? It was when the mistress commits suicide or whatever. Oh, my she God. The, oh, yeah. Did he cry for that? Yeah. He, he cried, he but, showed... then, but then, it, like, she was like, stop crying. Like, you're being, like, pull yourself together, you know? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the wife was like, pull yourself together. Yeah. It was like the mistress, which yeah. rightfully so. Like, dude, that was, the, you were going there to hook up with her, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck you. Oppenheimer was not a good guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah, it was, um, yeah, there, yeah, he, the only, he showed more emotion for that, for his mistress, than he did for the entire fucking killing of <laughs> Nakasaki. You know what I mean? Like, he literally showed more emotion there, because the, how they conveyed the emotion of the atomic bomb, which I honestly really liked, was that, like, they didn't show him giving any emotion. They saw him seeing remnants of the atomic bomb, 
mm-hmm. which was very cool. I actually really liked that, but I still wanted that scene where you give give me something, Oppenheimer. Yeah, you're right. He did cry for the fucking mistress. <laughs> the mistress. Yeah. The, oh my god, that was stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I guess when you see death and it's your own fucking sin, there you cry. But when you see death of literally te- hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, it's whatever to him, you know, or it, it's, you know, it's traumatic in his brain, but not like, yeah, I don't know. Um, Interesting yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about Utopia, Utopia now? Yeah. So I, I listened to it one time. Okay. I listened to it a little more than once, maybe like two or three times. Yeah. And um, I was, it was pretty passive how I listened to it too. Like I probably only listened to probably half the songs like fully listening. Well, um, yeah, basically context for people who don't know, um, Travis Scott, new for, album. For literally the past like six years has been hyping up this album. Like, right? Like yeah, 20, it feels like it feels like Asteroid where he was hyping it up like forever and it comes out finally. But like even more so, I feel like in a sense, cause I feel like I the first time I heard Utopia was in high school, right? Like where you were like, Oh, Travis Scott's making this album was called Utopia. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It's and been then, a while. Yeah, and so then I feel like it uh It was like twenty nineteen, I think. He really yeah. was already like so it's been what five years or something or yeah like five years yeah um yeah and it was uh experimental i think that's the first thing when i listened to it i was like this is experimental this is weird you know it um for me you probably can you probably have more insights than me too because I'm, I'm still getting into it but it reminded me of like uh almost like a more experimental version of Kendrick's new album in a sense, like where the drums, I feel like the drums in Kendrick's new album were like so weird. And you're like listening to Kendrick's new album and you're like, what are these drums? Like these drums, like, so I wonder, cause that really grew on me. Like Kendrick's album, I first heard the drums and I was like, this is weird. I don't like this. And then like the more I listened to it, I was like, okay. Yeah. That's how I kind of felt about Travis was like, and the songs were long. Like the songs were really long. I feel like too, a very long album in that sense where, um, yeah, and he had like the weird. He had like the um, one of the songs he had the Tyler the the creator um, kind of auto tune kind of thing, you know, almost like in between uh, Lil Yachty and uh, Tyler the creator, almost like I, I kind of saw it and like Kevin Abstracty vibes and and then some of the songs were like very grimy. It was like weird. I don't know. You you probably have a better grasp on the album. I'm still kind of confused. I'm just kind of just like, what's going on? Yeah, I honestly, honestly, like I was expecting to go into it like not liking it. I thought the intro was kind of weak. That's yeah, one of the I first. I definitely things. think the intro was weak. Like, dude, you're, stargazing is still his best intro. Dude, stargazing I know, is like, I know you can't. How can you not compare it to Astroworld? Astroworld's like one of my like top ten albums. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, stargazing was crazy, and then he has this Utopia intro, kind of weak. You know, I think Tim would agree. It was like some dude yelling or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. as an intro. I don't know. There, there's. It was interesting. I honestly, okay. First, first impressions. I, I liked the album. I, I liked it definitely. I thought it was good. Um, definitely an album I'm gonna be listening to for a while. Um, is it Astro level? I don't know. My gut reaction. I don't is know. No. I'm my thinking, gut reaction. Yeah. Is my, 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 my. Same. I think I would. I like Astro right now more. But when I first heard Astro I still remember I That's didn't exactly really like it. Take. So That's yeah. So you know like. But Astroworld over time, and also obviously me and you seeing it live, me and Tim saw Astroworld at the forum. Um, I thought that album was amazing. It grew so much over time. But this one, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think it's uh, 
it doesn't feel like like Astroworld. It's definitely no. different. It actually feels a lot more like Yeezus. That's what it felt like for yeah, me. Yeah, that is interesting. By Kanye. Yeah, it kind of does feel like that, I guess. It really felt like a Yeezus, like, I don't know, like very, like almost a direct rip in some parts. Like one of the songs is straight up a black skinhead clone. I mean, no, we're listening to it. And I was like, this sounds like a Kanye song. And then Noah was like, yeah, like this song. I love black skinhead. I, I guess I didn't recognize that. There's a maybe. song that's straight up literally a black skinhead like it's not even funny it's like almost like a clone of the song it's mm. the exact same drums and so that was a little off-putting you know because it didn't feel original once we started seeing the kanye links on the album it was like oh like i don't know if this is how original this album is um but overall it was really i thought it was good like i enjoyed a lot of the songs like don't get me wrong it's a good album but in terms of like creativity mm. and like you know is this like really what it is like i don't know Astroworld might yeah i well my my one of my, one of the things i immediately recognized was that one of my favorite parts about Astroworld is that it's catchy like a lot of the songs are extremely catchy and i don't think i even heard like a single song on there that was like as catchy as any of the songs on Astroworld like Astroworld it's like I don't know. It's just, and it's beautiful. I feel like Astroworld, I'd also describe a lot of moments on Astroworld as beautiful. Like, uh, stop trying to be God, like the outro, mm-hmm. stop trying to be God, or, you know, even parts of stargazing. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of moments on Astroworld that are just like, just, he just lets it sit and yeah. it's beautiful. And I just got like this album. I feel like I would describe it as grimy and like rough. And I really feel like, yeah, like Asteroid, you really felt like you were at like a carnival, like a really dark yeah. carnival. And this one, I don't that was one thing that left me confused with what is what is the theme of Utopia? I mean, I don't even know what that means. Like Utopia, like I mean, I know what Utopia means, the word, but yeah. like there was only one reference in the like, entire his album. Bedroom, his hotel bedroom, right? He's and like, then I told Noah, Utopia, I told Utopia. Noah I was like, this yeah. is the, that's the most like pre-nut thing ever to say. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Like, he's like, where are we? It's like, he's like, this is I, your I ho- thought we were going to Utopia. He's, this he's is like, your hotel room. Feels like Utopia to me. I was, <laughs> I was like, this yeah, guy this dude has not has nut yet. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this dude's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It just was like, what is Utopia? I still don't know what it is. The album kind of made it seem kind of corny. Yeah. Honestly, after that part. Whereas Astroworld it really like the theming was really great. You really felt like you were like at this like dark theme park and I loved it. I thought it was great. You could feel like on skeletons or something like it feels like this, this weird carnival ride, you know, and, and you hear like the people scream on a roller coaster and Mm. utopia. It's like, where are we? What is this album? I still don't know. There's no purpose. Even the album cover. You don't even know what, what it is. It feels dark. It feels like, it's more of a dystopia than a utopia. That's something that you kind of figure out, but that's all I really get from it. I don't really know what the storyline yeah. is here. And if you go back to Astroworld too, like every single song's a banger. Like every single one you can click on. I don't. I don't think this one's gonna get there because that intro song alone was like. Mm, <laughs> mm. And I, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this because I haven't been listening to it like that intensely. But it seems like the features are weaker on this album too. Like yeah. Astroworld yeah. had like. The features were just like perfect. I personally you know? like the Drake feature on Sicko Mode Drake, more yeah. than on Astro. Yeah. The, I'm sorry, that on Utopia. Yeah, the Drake feature on Utopia was kind of just like, it kind of was also just like, uh, like kind of weak. You know, it was kind of just like whatever. He kind of was just like in the song. 
And then, yeah. yeah. And also you have like, uh, you know, James, is it James Blake? I yeah. think his name yeah. on, on like stop trying to be God. And yeah, have- I think James Blake was on this one too, but it was, I don't know. My favorite song on, on Utopia right now is Fiend. That one, I think Playboy Cardi killed it. That one was Playboy Cardi. I thought he did a great job on that song. Um, I like that one. But it also is just like a very normal like trap song. But I liked it. That one's like, that's probably my favorite song right now on Utopia. Yeah, let me pull it up because my favorite one, I think, oh, it's I Know. I Know is my favorite Oh, yeah. I Know. I Know. Because I really like his flow on that song too is what really impressed me. And it was like an okay chorus, kind of catchy chorus. And then his flow on that was, I forgot how the flow goes exactly, but I remember his flow was like, okay, okay, this is new, this is different. But I didn't have very many moments like that throughout the album where I was like, this is new, this is different. Um, yeah. So it's disappointing. It's kind of our vibe that we're getting right now. Yeah. I don't know if I was disappointed, but it definitely was like not Astro World. Dude, also- like, I, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. good. I thought it was good. I definitely wasn't disappointed, but I think it was... I don't know. I guess it could have been better, mm. but I thought it was good. Like I'm definitely, I, I added like almost all the songs. I think there are only two songs I really didn't like, but is it like, I like the songs, but it's not Astro world level. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, That's kind of how I got it too. Is that like Travis Scott's almost like given himself this mystique in the past few years where it's like he drops something and you're just like, this is going to be amazing. You know, like this is going to be a 10 out of 10 banger album. And he left us sitting in Astro World for like five years, you know? And so when you're sitting in a beautiful album like that for five years and he's touring it for like five years um, and the new song he's, he's making, like the new, his features in the past five years have been fired too. You know, the expectations are at the ceiling. And so I kind of got the same thing too. It's like the more I was listening to it, I was like, if this wasn't Travis Scott, I would be like totally okay with it, you know? And it would be like, it would be like, whatever. It'd be like, oh, this is a cool album. But because it's like, this guy's only going to release an album every half decade, it's kind of like hard to be not disappointed, you know? Because I don't know if this is going to be an album I'm listening to for the next half decade, you know? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. Like, but I don't know if I would say it's a great album. I think if it's like very enjoyable. It might be his worst album he's made. Like honestly, like every other album he's made has been like absolute fire, like catchy, like you're singing those songs. Like what song am I going to be like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Like yeah. it's so dumb. Like it's so dumb. Like it's, I don't know. Mm, Some that's of a good the, point. Yeah. There's no catchy choruses. That's Travis's jam, That's true. Bro. There is no catchy choruses. Yeah. Like every album he's had, he's had like the, the his catchy choruses are like the, that's like the fucking anchor, you know? And then yeah. this album was just like. This one's going to be interesting though. I really want to see how it grows on me. Cause it's like first impression Astroworld. I also was like, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's like beeps in the trap or if it's like rodeo, but yeah, that's true. But who knows? Maybe a month from now we'll be like, Oh, we were sleeping on utopia. This album is really good. Yeah. So there's also moments. We'll I know there's moments that are probably going to like be like, you don't realize are there too. Cause the songs are really long too. So Definitely in like Astro World, like you listen to the songs again and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize this section of the song was here. And I really like this section of the song. And then, yeah, yeah. And then the song becomes good because of that. So, yeah, so it, it might be. What's the pulse on Reddit, though? I haven't gone on Reddit and I haven't even, yeah. I actually haven't checked Reddit. Yeah, I don't know what the pulse we should, is. We should see what they're saying. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because I've only, I, I, I just listened to it. I was really excited, yeah. though. When I saw it came out, I was really excited. I was like, oh, finally it's here. Like, 
I really like the album art, honestly, too, even though, like, the theming, I, I agree, the theming is super weak. I love that it was just, like, him in the corner, and it's all black. And I thought because of that, too, I thought because it had such a dark theme, and it was called Utopia, I know that he's been working on it for so long, so I didn't have the biggest expectations, but I was hoping that um, we would get a few emotional songs about the travesty that happened at his concert, you know, like, some insight into that. I don't know if he mentioned that at all throughout the album, but I was hoping that he would... Um, he would have like some emotional songs about that the travesty that happened at his concert, you know, and like dealing with that turmoil. Like that's honestly a really interesting thing that just happened to him. He could have made a whole like sad album about that. That would have been cool in a sense, but obviously not that cool. Like, yeah, I just looked at the yeah. other day. I cannot believe that 10 fucking people died. Like I did not even, I couldn't even like, I feel like at the time I couldn't even like wrap my head around that, but like 10 people, like, I don't think it's his fault again. Like we said, we said it on here. Like, I really think it's the, um, the, the venue's fault. I don't, I think his job's to perform and the venue's job is to keep the people safe. And I don't think that someone on stage should be really thinking about that. Could he have done better? Yes. But I don't think the blood's on his hands, you know, per se, but 10 fucking people dying at your concert. Like, can you give me a goddamn sad song about like you dealing with the emotions of that? Like, I feel like, the, your fans kind of deserve that. So I don't know. Yeah. Did he have a moment like that? I didn't hear a moment I like that. In I didn't Utopia. hear anything like that. It felt like, I don't know. Yeah. I really felt like just him vibing really on the album, you know, it in, in typical Travis Scott way. Cause I feel like normally you don't even know what he's saying. He's just saying, he's just putting in lyrics. Um, one thing I noticed when reading the production credits though for the album was that he produced a lot of these songs. Oh, so wow. this is a lot of, I guess that's what makes it unique is that he is personally producing all of it. So I haven't even looked at the yeah. credits yet cause I was waiting to, cause I was wanting to make sure I heard every like element of it before I was looking at the production credits. But yeah, that's uh that is interesting that he produced everything. Maybe that's honestly why it's worse <laughs> because I know that Astroworld, one of the best things about Astroworld was like every song had like four or five different producers working on it. And like, there's like every single song, had like 10 people who worked on it. If you look at the credits, it's crazy. I know. Yeah. And I think that's what made it so good too. Yeah. So yeah. If he took a step back from that, maybe that's part of the reason there. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. You th- it almost, I almost feel like it would have been better for him to postpone this album and just make an album about like that tragedy that happened to him with like the people dying at Astro world and call it like, Astro murder. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Right now, would you give Utopia of ten? Seven. I think. I'd I think I'm right seven. there with you. I think I I give it a seven too. I think yeah. I would get Af- Astroworld. I honestly probably would give like a nine to a nine point five. Like that's one of my favorite albums. Like amazing. So it's hard to listen to this album after Astroworld and not be like fuck. He can make an Astroworld, you know? It's like, yeah. I really feel like Astroworld, though, was really what, like, that's really what made him skyrocket to, like, superstar yeah. status. What would you rate Astroworld out of 10? Yeah, probably nine, nine yeah. and a half. It was, it's really good, yeah. you know? I mean, especially seeing it live, he did a great job. Dude, I wonder how he's going to perform this live. That's a thing, too, is that yeah. Travis Scott always makes, like, these really weird songs, and then he just, like, performs them, like, amazing, like, completely differently live, so... I wonder if when he performs it live, it might change our perspective. I'm down to go. Maybe we got to go again. I know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we got to go to Utopia. Maybe that's what we got to do, dude. Because maybe we'll go to Utopia and we'll get it. You know? Yeah. I feel like yeah. they kind of have. You're right. They kind of did happen with Astroworld where it's like. 
I didn't get Stop Trying to Be God until the concert. Right. But the concert, like, was, like, surreal when he performed that song. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Yeah. And can't say, like, you can't say I had no. Oh, yeah. 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 That you, was dude, cool that's too. what I'm saying, though. Astroworld, it's like every single song's a banger, bro. You can just hit shuffle on that album and you're vibing. And it's I a still vibe. think Stargazing is his best intro. Oh yeah, That's dude, yeah, that, crazy, that, that dude. was a great intro, and how he performed it was amazing too. His performance of Stargazing oh, yeah. is always amazing. Um, that was, I was disappointed when Utopia didn't have like a super cool intro. I was like, "What is this?" But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he also yeah his expectations were also out of ten. So it's like the expectations were high. I think that, I think that even if he made like an eight out of 10, nine out of 10 album, it would, maybe I would have even felt a little disappointed at first, but yeah, I don't even think well, it's the only there. one I've been able to see hit those expectations is Kendrick. I think. Yeah. Kendrick did. Kendrick did. I don't know how we were he waiting did. like years and damn is literally like my like top five album of all time for me. So yeah, he and, hit those yeah. like even J Cole. I don't think really hit it with like the new one. Yeah. Um, off season. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, did so not. it's like only Kendrick's. When you have that high of an expectation, although I feel like Astroworld really had high ones and it hit it. Astroworld, like he, he was hyping that, that up is for true. years that is before Astroworld. Yeah. Like he kept saying Astroworld, Astroworld. We're like, okay, and it was actually really good. So yeah, he like there's like rumors of him like buying a theme park. You remember that? Like yeah, that was yeah. going around, and then yeah, he really did a great job marketing Astroworld too. Yeah, and hitting it and. Then he freaking milked it for five years. <laughs> Just touring Astroworld for five years. Dude, he set up a whole Astroworld festival that went up in flames. Like, now that's dead. He, ha- he created a whole festival that just died, literally, with those people. Crazy. He had a crazy year. He did. Yeah. And now he has two kids. Oh, yeah. He I had the Stormy sample. On he doesn't the... talk about anything interesting in his life. You know what I mean? I like, he literally, it's just the most random album ever. Like, why can't we talk about your kids? Why can't we talk about this crazy event that happened to you that you were kind of, were like dwelling in the responsibilities of and like, you know, reflecting on? And there was, there, he's too high to think about that. He had so much material. You know what I mean? He had like, he could have gone a lot of different places with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see though. We'll see how it grows on us. We'll, we'll see, see man. On. Have you been listening to anything else recently, or consuming any other uh, media recently that you've been? Uh... Not really. I think those are two like main ones. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I haven't really been listening to much else, but yeah, that's. Uh... We'll see where Utopia falls at the end of the year too on our end of year rankings for the albums. I'm curious if it'll yeah. reach the top five. Probably will. It probably will. It probably will. Travis it probably will. It probably will. But yeah, I think that as of right now, I think that my favorites are. I'm I'm leaning towards Yachty, bro. Yachty's album is one of the albums of the year for sure. For sure. I so. think that's not this year, is it not? Fuck. Why did that always happen to me, man? <laughs> I think that's last year. Wait, no, no, that can't be true. Th- that this always happens to me is I'm always late on all these artists. Please tell me it's in this year. No, Nathan, you're no, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's got to be this year. Please. 2023. Oh, really? When? Thank God. But early, right? January 27th. No wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was early. January 27th. Well, then, yeah. 2023. Thank then, yeah, fucking that. God. And the weekend, of course. Right. I know that was of this year. Of course. That's album yeah. of the year. That's album of the year. That's album yeah. of the year. There's no way that's well, not album. I'm not, I'm gonna be honest though. I think. Wait, was her loss this year? 
Her loss was this year, right? Um, I think so. Oh no, twenty twenty two. No, wait, yeah, Don FM was twenty twenty two too. What am I saying? Wait, what am I saying? That one was January of twenty twenty two. I'm fucking f- tripping out. Dude. I know we're like. What happened to this year? What came out this year? Wait, I'm tripping the fuck out. Me too. Now I'm tripping out. All right, whatever. Whatever. I guess I just don't listen to anything new anymore. What am I saying? I think I ranked it number one for last year. I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Maybe this year's kind of weak, actually. Is that why? Might be, bro. This year's weak. This year's super weak. Last year was fire. Last year was a great year of music. Last year was fantastic with Kendrick and The Weeknd. And last year was an incredible year of music. And and, Ty- and Tyler Crater, Mr. Boldelay or whatever. Um, Call Me If You Get Lost. That was so good. And so, yeah, there was... Uh, last year was the year. This year? Oh, and there was also, like, a D-Day by Dreamville. And last year was fantastic. Yeah, this year got step up, man. This year, oh, we have been... Pink Tape too. I don't even know what that is. The new Uzi album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that one. That one was yeah. cool. that was one with uh, Just Wanna Rock, right? Yeah, yeah. Just Wanna Rock was still the best song though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that actually. I really like Flood the Face. Mm. That's one of the best Uzi songs ever. Yeah, Uzi has like a very weird style now, where it's uh, it's hard to get into everything that he makes, but. Just Wanna Rock was the last one from Uzi that really tickled my pickle, you know. Mm. But yeah, the, I think the album that there was, I didn't really see that many standouts to me in the album. I listened to it like a couple times. And I was like, Yachty's the only one that really impressed me this year. Yachty, after I listened to that, I was just like, and you knew I was going to like it too. I knew you'd like it. I can't it. stop talking about that album the whole year. Once it came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is a Tim album. Yeah. Yeah. Experimental theming, well execution unique thing was miley cyrus's this year i think so let me see that one's also gonna be up there for me you know what is another one that that's uh that grew on me this year that's definitely not from this year it's a really old one it's not even an album it's a musical yeah it was this year it was in march um was les miserables because i know that we're going to see it but oh I've yeah been listening to the shit out of that that's that that um yeah that's a great great uh track list once you get into it yeah, that one's going to be good. That's yeah. only the second musical I've ever gotten addicted to because Hamilton was the first one I've ever gotten like addicted to the music. And then yeah. Les Mis, I, I got really addicted to Les the Mis music. Les Mis is my favorite musical of all time. Yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah. I mean, uh, Les Mis to me, so far from what I've seen, I mean, I haven't seen it live yet, so I don't really know. But like, I don't think I could put it above Hamilton for me just because uh, the, uh, the, the music is really good. It's on theme, but like, Hamilton has like 30 bangers like you know what I mean like Hamilton has like 30 to 40 like there's only like how many songs are there like probably like 60 right 50 to 60 songs or am I am I exaggerating that I think Hamilton has like 40 40 songs I feel like it has like a 50 to 60 percent banger ratio where like they're fantastic like songs and Les Mis has like maybe 10 like really good songs and the rest of them are kind of filler in my opinion or kind of just like uh, they're okay. And then they have like 10 that are like really good. And the story is a little bit more slow in yeah. Lame is. And you just got to get into it. Cause I like every song. 
So I mean, I like every song too in terms of theming, but I don't feel like they're like as hits as Hamilton. Like Hamiltons are like legitimate hits, you know. Where Lame is is like they're really good because they're in the music. It's like almost like yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I have to see it live. When I see it live, it might be better. Because that's the thing too is like, okay, Lame is everyone thinks that the movie was like they they do shit talk to movie like you were saying. I was reading about it all online, and they mm-hmm. were like. Because it was live singing, the singing was terrible, and right. and they really hated. I know that they really hated the the guy who's like. I always make fun of it to Emily, where it's like, uh, what is it? Uh, one more day until the do do, we will nip it in the bud. Oh, oh uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Everyone like hated him. him. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I don't know. Maybe I just am not that well musically trained in the ear, where I don't. I don't really have a problem with the movie and the singing that much, you know. There were a few moments where the singing was off, but I think that it being live sung made it so much less cringy. Because you see other musicals, and it's like, it looks like a music video. You know, it doesn't look like a musical. And then you watch Les Mis, and it has that, like, vibe that's, like, so good um, because of that. So, I don't know. But, yeah, Les Mis is definitely, it's climbing the charts. I don't think it's right there at Hamilton at, at that level yet. But, yeah. Yeah. Les Mis is also kind of, the story is kind of, uh, weird you know what i mean it's kind of a weird fucking story it's not really uh like hamilton's story is so much more interesting and down to earth and like relatable in a way like they mm-hmm. made it really relatable and like other musicals i really liked like la la land was very relatable too and lame is you're watching it and you're just like what the fuck are these people doing with their life you know what i mean it's like the weirdest like cast of people and they're they're like they're like whole society is different than ours and they're going through a revolution and they're it's like it's like a whole uh it's not very relatable i'd say in that way you know there's some relatable moments but yeah um it's it's really making i I don't know i don't know i think it's a good it's good musical but you're right it's a different time man different time period yeah a lot of interesting people. Well, I mean, Hamilton was a different time period too, but they just like they really like they modernized. They it. They modernized it. That's the perfect way of describing it. They just yeah. modernized it and yeah. just made it very relatable. Uh, and then lame is it's like, man, the barricade. Oh, we're gonna die for our country. No, it's French. I don't know how to do it. It's a. Uh, I don't know how to do it. I can't even do the accent. That was totally British. That was totally off. Um, yeah. And then the guy like he is a slave and then he gets out of slavery and then he just leaves his parole and then becomes the mayor and then has to flee again. And then it's kind of like, and everyone dies. Yeah. And then everyone dies and then it's like sad and bittersweet because some people are alive and ah, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, and not that many like scenes take place too. It's like the opposite of Oppenheimer in that sense. It's like four scenes. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the whole thing is very, uh, blocks yeah and so it's uh which i kind of liked that about it though yeah but yeah that's that's uh that's it yeah i don't know yeah i don't know if there's (laughs) anything else to say in regards to that but it's good to be back on the podcast it's good to be doing the podcast again hopefully we'll get back in our groove and and get these things flowing you have a lot of editing to do with these right like how many do we have now six i think so yeah Yeah. we'll put it out though that's good. At least we're back. We're back, baby. Back. And we're adulting now, kind of. Almost. At least I will be. I'm going to be freaking adult. I'm going to... What am I? What the fuck am I going to talk about? I'm just going to have to talk about, like, sales. I'm going to have, like, nothing to talk about. I had so much good... 
uh, stories to talk about in college and working and I feel like I had so much going on and now it's just going to yeah. be nine to five. I actually have a good idea for next podcast though. What's what's that? I was thinking we could ask chat GPT to come up with like five or 10 podcast questions. Oh yeah. yeah. And say chat like, GPT is you, like, 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 like you could tell him like, we can just have it write the script. Yeah. Like we don't even need to say anything. We can just yeah. have it right. We actually, this whole entire thing was just chat GPT. We're just reading off of, yeah. Yeah. And then we could just get the ChatGPT to make, uh, we could make two different AIs, one for me, one for you, and then do our voice, and then bada bing, bada boom. Then we're, uh, then we don't even have to do the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, it, that's exciting. Yeah.